Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot. Connect to more. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris Studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanes. Hello, Montana. The Bobcats playing some football Saturday. The Bears and Bucks playing some football tonight. And we hear from a pair of cornerbacks. It is Tutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Outstanding to be with you on this Thursday afternoon. Hope you are having a wonderful day. We appreciate you being along with us, letting us be with you on your radios, on your TVs, or on the WWW. Get on there to the World Wide Web. You go to our website, 1029ESPN.com, and you can listen live anytime you want. The stream is always available, including this show from 4 to 6 each afternoon. Thanks to Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to pick up your phone and call, you can do that as well. 361-3688, 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rankish Brothers RV phone line. In the show today, plenty to get to. First of all, Jeff Choate, the head coach of the Montana State Bobcat football team, had a uh, Zoom conference call earlier today. We will bring you some sound from that both today and tomorrow. Uh, but today we'll get into uh, a couple of just 
intriguing things that he said during the course of this press conference about where he thinks they're at relative to uh, maybe the rest of the league and what they've been able to do and uh, and also some decision making that he's got upcoming as well so we'll get into that this is ahead of what will be a Saturday scrimmage and a full live scrimmage for the Bobcats on Saturday uh, at Bobcat Stadium so we'll get into that uh, both today and tomorrow as well what's funny it's just like holy hell we haven't seen live college football in the state of Montana of Ten any months. former fashion since Montana State played North Dakota State. That seemed like it was like a lifetime ago. Well, it's it like was. a different generation of my life. <laughs> There's a pretty significant point I of fundamentally separation. changed as a person yeah. since the last time I covered a college football <laughs> event. Uh, we also will get into some Frontier Conference stuff. Uh, we will take a moment to remember Gene Peterson, who was a, a, a significant figure. He passed away about two weeks ago, September 25th. But Gene Peterson, uh, his his obituary came out. He was a, a, a huge, huge, um, not just personality, but figure in radio and especially in sports radio and in launching the Grizzly Radio Network going way back. And so a paramount figure in both media in the state and especially sports media to bring it to the place uh, that, it, that it has come. And so we will uh, take a moment to, to recognize him. Next hour, very excited about this, Tyrell Thomas and Lavelle Price, two cornerbacks from Montana State's football team, uh, joining us. We, we did a, a Zoom call with those guys uh, yesterday. We'll bring you that conversation. But really awesome what they're these are two two guys uh, from the same high school uh, in Compton, California. Tyrell Thomas, a little bit older, came to. He's a senior now on the on the Bobcat team. Lavelle Price, a sophomore, but obviously knowing each other from their time in Los Angeles and Southern California, and then coming out here and playing with Montana State, but have launched into a fundraising slash uh, you know they're, they're doing an exercise program a workout program that you can participate with them you pay a fee to do it and then the proceeds of that go back to Compton. are you ready for this to help fix potholes in the streets in their in their neighborhoods in the place where they're from in Compton, california and it, it's a very on one hand very unorthodox or something not something you necessarily think of when you talk about a give back part of it but i think when you hear their explanation for why they felt this was important in the place they come from to help out in this way pretty compelling stuff so really fun to talk with those guys and, and excited to bring you that conversation and they're just really funny too man. they are great, I mean, it's great, just guys great perspective because like they it's it's so interesting to me because this what people say what's culture in college football mm-hmm. right to me culture in college football is bringing in not one not two not three half a dozen young men from Compton California to Bozeman Montana and then putting them through practice that occurs at 6.30 in the morning when it's freezing cold <laughs> and having most of these guys like the experience enough that they want to stay. They stick around. That's yeah. what culture is. Uh, so we will bring you that conversation. Also, it is Thursday. We do this each Thursday around here. We pick some games against the spread. Not so much to pick games in the NFL, but to talk about games and what we think the matchups are obviously a uh, week five in the nfl starting tonight tampa bay at chicago the bucks a three and a half point favorite in that game as it stands right now uh this evening in chicago so we will get through uh not necessarily all the games but some of the games and also a major league baseball update as the uh atlanta braves have swept the miami marlins out of the playoffs the Marlins swept the Cubs and then turned around and got swept by the Braves. I anticipate the Braves will turn around and get swept by whoever they play in the next round because, uh, you know, patterns. Uh, in any case, uh, we'll get you that. And I don't think the Braves are getting swept, man. They're pretty good. I, I don't think so either. They are, they're actually 
really good. They're really they're really good and they're really fun to watch. And I hate to say that because I do not like the Braves uh, historically. So I'm a Brave hater. The Braves are the Cowboys of baseball. Yeah, they're not anymore though. Well, that's why I find no, but not but anymore. It, yeah, well, yeah. no, but but like Jerry Jones. As long as Jerry Jones owns the Cowboys, Cowboys are the Cowboys. Period. They're going to operate in the exact same way. They might have influxes in the way that their personnel operates. They might be able to say, okay, we drafted our couple of our guys because right now they did. They drafted Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. But by and large, they're the they're the Dallas Cowboys or the New York Yankees or whatever cop, uh, comparison you want to make. The Braves, I 100% understand the notion that you're getting at. The Braves are so much more organic, though, because they've always had such a great farm system, and that's on full display with this team. I mean, it they is. they did not go out and buy big money free agents like Acuna. He's their dude. He they drafted him, they developed him. He's the guy. I I should clarify too. It's okay to not th- like the Braves. Though. They're I don't like the Braves. They are nothing like the Cowboys in the way they do things. They're much. I don't know. They're a far better sort of run and grown franchise. It's different baseball, football. All I'm saying is my distaste goes all the way back for both together. I got you. Because I only had two teams I could watch back in the day. The Cubs, they won out. I love the Cubs. The Braves, they were always on. Don't like the Braves. I don't know. I can't help you. That's just what it is. It's to to grow up in Montana. You know, that's how it works. That's right. Uh, Okay. Uh, Coulter, let's get into a few things here uh, with uh, with. Our conversation, well, our conversation, but the, the conference call, the Zoom call with Jeff Cho, the Montana State head football coach earlier today, uh, he uh, got into quite a lot of stuff. I was I was pretty impressed. Or, I don't know if impressed is the word. I was somewhat surprised and also sort of happily surprised with the amount of time that he took to talk about things like injuries, things like COVID, uh, uh, you know, tracking that, have, that are keeping guys out because there's going to be a lot of guys out of this game tomorrow who have had some – uh, uh, elective procedures, some elective surgeries to, as he says, clean some stuff up and that kind of thing. And he talks, uh, he talks pretty openly about all of that stuff, which it just is the rarest of the rare at this point in time. It seems like, regardless of who, I mean, it's not not just Montana, right? I mean, no, it's not that that's not happening at the University of Montana. It's not happening at ninety plus percent, even in even in a spring ball situation where there really is no possible way for this to have import ultimately into the spring and certainly into the fall of 2021. Why not, you know, comment on a couple things that are going on? Well, he was certainly freewheeling about that. We'll get into that stuff. The point being, there's a football game at Bobcat Stadium on Saturday. It's going to be not your standard spring scrimmage. This is going to look a lot more like a real football game. They pick teams. It's not ones against twos. It's going to be a, a, a mix of guys going against each other. They're going to be doing evaluations, particularly of, of quarterbacks and stuff. We'll hear about that stuff as well. But it's going to be streamed so people can watch it if you're so inclined to uh, to check out the game. And uh, and 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 that's cool. I'm excited about that, that they're having a game. And, and Jeff Choate had several things that he wanted to comment on that we want to bring to people here. I remember when Choate first started coaching at Montana State, and uh, I can't remember who it was, but there's a prominent player that went down during a practice, and then that player, his injury was reported on, and then the next day, Choate was very angry, yeah, and he said, we will not speak about injuries at Montana State, and then we've had to tease him for the last four years because then he frequently actually does speak about injuries at Montana State if and when I think that he thinks it's advantageous for his team. Uh, leaving the mystery of Troy Anderson up in the air for two years has been 
I think in, in the minds of the Bobcat coaches, advantageous. But that's, that's her nor there. We'll get into the, the sort of the logistics. They to, could work for him last November pretty yeah, well. Well, uh, the the logistics of the scrimmage, how it's what's the format going to be like, the teams, who are some players to watch, who are some players that Choate singled out, the format, all of those things. We'll get into that tomorrow to, for a little bit of a, a preview. Today I wanted to use a couple of the things that he said for a broad overview of what we're, what we're looking at here. Mm-hmm. He did mention that the Big Sky President's Council meets next week. I think it's October 16th is the date. When that occurs, then I think we'll have uh, much more progress towards what the spring schedule for football is like, but also schedules for volleyball, men's and women's basketball, soccer, what the plan is. Uh, so he talks a little bit about those upcoming decisions. So we'll hear, hear that. Yeah, so I think that we will be getting some information. I believe next week is when the President's Council is going to meet for the Big Sky. And um, I think it really in all sports, we'll start to get a very clean picture as far as um, even potentially a solidified schedule. Um, I want to say on the 16th is when that kind of, they've targeted us to get a little bit of a preliminary schedule, both volleyball, both basketballs and football. And so, um, those conversations are being had right now. And I do know the big piece that they're trying to decide for football that the presidents will vote on. Are we going to proceed with an eight game conference schedule or a six game conference schedule? And there's been a lot of debate about that. I think it's leaning towards where they're going to uh, go with an eight game conference schedule, similar to what they did in basketball, where they said, Hey, let's go 20 games, understand that there's the potential for us to lose some games and then we'll land in a still a good spot. And so um, that's kind of what I'm hearing. I think our first game would be sometime around the end of, of February. And uh, that'll make for some interesting practices here in Bozeman. So there you go. Some updates uh, uh, in terms of decision-making and how it's going to be made uh, from Coach Joe. And then he also got into a little bit. Well, do you want to respond to that first, Coulter? Well, I, I just uh, I think that the, the main narrative here is that the ebbs and flows of this whole thing First of all, I'll start at the beginning. The thing that's we'll, – we'll share some of Jeff Choate's thoughts about the elements of what it takes to run a developmental program at the FCS level. To me, that's what's one of the most compelling parts about covering FCS football is it's not just about recruiting all the five-star recruits in the country like it is in the Power Five. It's not about a national recruiting bonanza that's going on right now. Like right now in the FBS, especially in the Power Five, go get as many great guys as you can. Hold on to as many as you can. Hope you don't piss off too many of them and let it roll. And that's why when the NFL draft rolls around, that's why schools like Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky schools have taken such a huge hit in the draft because now you really are going to get half the starters from Alabama and Ohio State and Clemson get drafted in the first 125 picks of the draft. There's not really room for other guys because these are just factories and everybody's figured out you can just recruit every five-star guy in the world. Everybody's got Twitter. Everybody's got the internet. So the element of building a culture within a locker room, making guys wait their turns and earn a spot, making it so that you have to be, you have to stay to be ready to play, that you have to develop as a player. It's such a huge thing in college football, and it's by and large lost at the Power 5 level because you can just plug and play. How often do we see it when guys are dropping down to this level because they were starting at a Power 5 school and they're a sophomore and they break their ankle and then the guy that was a freshman is behind them and he balls out and he the guy, the guy that was had his spot, he never even gets a chance to win his spot back. He's just, he's done. He's Justin out. Herbert. 
Travis Johnson behind Justin Herbert at Oregon, right? Justin Herbert behind Tyrod Taylor at Los Angeles. No longer, by the uh, way. We, we, and we'll get into that a little bit uh, later in the show for yeah. sure. But what I'm getting at here, though, is then in the FCS, then because of the playoff format, there's a distinct – to me, when Montana went on their unbelievable run between 1995 and 2009, one of the pivotal factors of that run – was that they were practicing and playing a full month longer than everybody else in the country for 15 years straight. You stack that up, and by the time you reach year 15, you've played five extra seasons than the rest of the yeah, country. Right. That's where North Dakota State's at right now, too, because they just straight up, they don't ever even have to leave Fargo. They get to and practice yeah. and play in their stadium 11 or 12 times a year mm-hmm. over and over and over and over again, and that's how you build a factory. So coming out of last fall, the Cats and the Grizz both got in on that extra time. And when you stack playoff berths, then like the Cats have done, now you start to accelerate your younger players too. They're getting more reps. Now guys are getting better at at a higher rate. That's why missing spring ball or getting spring ball cut in half was so detrimental to the Montana schools. That was the narrative coming out. Well, Portland State got their whole thing done. UC Davis got their whole thing done. We got screwed. We're missing some time. Well, then with the way that the summer schedules have been completely and utterly in flux, we've been waiting for the time where maybe one of the two schools or both the schools could catch up. Well, now we've seen it where it's come to the other side. I think Jeff Choate, one of his strengths as a head coach, one of his absolute best strengths as a head coach is his ability to manage the logistics of his program. When they had the coronavirus outbreak in Bozeman in the summer, they went a completely different direction. They decided we're not going in the weight room anymore. Bobcats haven't been in the weight room in four months. We'll see what sort of detrimental that effects that has on them as far as strength goes, but that's provided them the ability to practice outside, to be together. Meanwhile, in Missoula, Coach Halkis said, let's go full force in the weight room. That was going great until all of a sudden you have coronavirus in the weight room, and then all of a sudden all the athletes at the University of Montana, not all, that's an exaggeration, but a great number of athletes at the University of Montana are quarantined because of contact tracing. Now you're losing on that side. And so here we are with Montana State about to culminate what amounts to fall ball on Saturday. And Montana just had their first practice earlier this week. It's not the same playing field right now. Now, that said, we've had a nice fall so far. I think Montana, if they can stay safe, not have another exposure where the contact tracing impacts their numbers and they're not quarantined, they might be able to catch up on those practices. But I just think it's interesting that the script has now flipped. So when you look at it in its totality – Montana State now, they have nothing to complain about because even though they did not get any spring ball, they've gotten more fall ball than maybe anybody in the big sky. Jeff Schroeder addressed exactly that. Ever happy. Um, that's the nature. I'll be happy when I'm done coaching. And, uh, you know, I'm going to look back and get my rocking chair and, you know, tell myself how smart I was, you know. But until then, I just, you know, you just kind of – every day is an adventure and you're just trying to – there's no such thing as football in this game. And, and this year in particular is you can't set – unrealistic expectations. In fact, I think it's really important to go into every day with an open mind and not say it's going to be like this because it's not, you know, we're going to have, Oh, this person had symptoms today. This person's out with contact tracing. Um, I really credit again, Rob Higgs and, and our, our, our medical partners at Bozeman health for guiding us through um, and, and helping us manage a way that we can do this. Cause it hasn't been perfect. I mean, there's days where you're like, Hey, we got these four guys out. This isn't happening. This guy's got class. This guy's doing student teaching. And so we've just taken the approach that straight ahead, what do we got to do? And we've got a lot of young guys that are getting opportunities as a result of it. And we've got to embrace that. 
Um, so clearly, I think we're behind where we would normally be at this stage in a, in, a, in a normal season, but we don't have to be ahead. We're not playing anybody for reals. And so um, I like the approach that we've had. I really like our kids' energy. I think it's been a good experience for them and us as coaches because this is what we do. It's provided some rhythm and normalcy for them and in, in, in an awkward time. And uh, I think they've enjoyed it. I do. I mean, I think they've enjoyed whether it's the team building stuff that we've done on Wednesdays, going out and playing. You know, like we said last Saturday, we're out there on the patch of grass. And the joke was, you know, it's like, hey, just, you know, pretend like you're in your backyard playing with your brothers, you know, or, or going down the street to the park or, you know, no offense to Northern Colorado, or we can pretend that we were at Northern Colorado with only one goalpost because we have one portable goalpost that we move around. So you haven't been there yet, but you'd get the joke if you'd been there. And so um, it's all about how you look at it, right? Just keep a growth mindset, stay positive, um, and move forward. And so that's what we've done. And I'm proud of our guys and our staff. I think we've, you know, there's, as I said, nothing's perfect, but I, I, I do think that we've accomplished a lot in spite of our circumstances. In fact, at this point, I would venture to guess that we've accomplished more than any other Big Sky program football-wise uh, up to this point, just talking to some of the other coaches. I don't think anybody else has completed a fall practice schedule, which we're prepared to do on Saturday. So there you go. I mean, that's that's pretty big optimism. Not optimism, but that's, that's well, maybe it is optimism that's coming out of Coach Choate going, hey, look, you know, we there nobody can do everything, but we've done the most, at least from a football standpoint, that we possibly could have done. They're doing something. Montana's trying to do something. They've had some stuff this week, which actually, even though they've been way more hindered, Montana has been way more hindered than Montana State. And even with that, even with only going the one time this week, they're still less hindered than almost everybody else in the Big side. They're not practicing in California. There's no practice in California, period. There's no practice in Portland, Oregon. You barely even leave your house in Portland, Oregon mm-hmm. right now. There's no practice in Eastern Washington. I've seen some videos from practice uh, at Weber State. There's no practice in Northern Arizona. So, well... You know, it's so funny how it all trickles downhill, right? We've heard Jeff Choate rant about, well, NDSU scheduled this game. NDSU is giving themselves another advantage that we don't all have, yada, yada, yada. It's true, but it was not an illegal or unfair advantage. It was based on their decision-making, and it worked out for them because they were able to post a victory in in 2020 and also have basically a full fall camp to lead up to that game against Central Arkansas last week. But that said, Montana State, I think they should – find themselves very fortunate, but also be very appreciative of the work that their coaches have done. But it'll be interesting to see what plays out tomorrow, or excuse me, on Saturday, because I do think that there is a, uh, there's a lot of different elements to watch when it comes to this Bobcat football team. I, for one, I'm very excited to watch just any form of live <laughs> Big Sky Conference no football anywhere in the world. Stu Tell Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Coulter, we'll get into the Frontier Conference stuff here in about 10 minutes, but I want to take just about five minutes, six minutes here real quick and do a couple NFL games because we got a big slate of games. We're going to do oh, some of the big games, some of the primetime games uh, from the weekend in the next hour, but I thought there were some interesting matchups, and particularly as it is Thursday, and we are starting Thursday night football tonight. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Chicago Bears going to play uh, this evening from Soldier Field, uh, kicking off here in about two hours from now. The Buccaneers are three-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. I can't for the life of me understand where this is coming from. I mean, well, the Bears haven't been any more than four-and-a-half-point dogs in any game that they've played so far this year. Well, I mean, they're 3-and-one, they're just their record. Okay, I understand yeah. that. 
but they stink at football. I, I thought they're that, just a bad football. I thought team. that Sean Rainey made a great point on the Make It Rainy podcast this week, and that's just now posted. I just got an alert on there my you Twitter. Go. So go check that out. Sean Rainey has it on his Twitter. We'll have it on our Twitters here once in a minute once we figure, finish mm-hmm. doing this. Um, he said that the pros, pros, when it comes to actually sports gambling, hardly watch games. They don't need to or want to watch games because the spreads are made by computers. The Bears do suck. If you watch the Bears, you're probably going to pick against the Bears all the time. You're probably going to lose half the time when it comes to actually covering the spread because that's not what the statistics are. That's why if you're an in-depth watching football fan like us, it's actually sort of dangerous a sports gamble because a lot of times you might be watching a team and you're like, there's some teams that it's just objective. The Jets suck. Bet against the Jets. If you're going to bet, that's what you should bet first. That's the first bet you should make. (laughs) Whoever the Jets are playing, (laughs) Jets lose. But do you know what I'm saying? They're like something... My brother has just been out over his skis because he's been. He's like, dude, I've watched the Vikings. They're not that good, but they're not that bad. They shouldn't be one and three. What's going on with the Vikings? I'm like, well, bro, don't stop betting the Vikings because Kirk Cousins is the quarterback. But you know what I'm saying. Sometimes yes. you overrate or underrate certain teams, but when in reality, the numbers are the numbers are the numbers. The house always wins because the computer they know better than you when it comes to the numbers. See, I just don't agree with that. The 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 computer puts the statistics in the way they go about it. Okay, that's fine. If they want to be totally objective and whatever about it, that's okay. Also, though, they have to move number or number, numbers end up getting moved around because of what the public chooses to do, right? That's true. And that, so I think that's part of it too though cuz it's the Bears, right? They're getting a lot of juice. They're, they're getting a lot of juice. They're getting a lot of juice especially against a team like the Bucks. I know it's Brady and all this stuff, but and the Bucks got a lot of guys out. Fournette's not going to play tonight. Chris Godwin is still out of this football game. They got they're 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 running low. How often? It's a great point you're making though, because how often have we seen the Giants line move this year? We've seen it move a lot because the Giants have been some of the biggest dogs on the board each and every week. Mm-hmm. So when the Giants are ten and a half point dogs, a million New Yorkers go there with twenty five <laughs> bucks and say, "Give me the Giants to cover." They're not going to win, but give me the Giants to cover. I think it is a real factor though. Um, here's the thing. Mitchell Trubisky is bad. They changed. They went with Nick Foles. He was bad. I mean, they're just they they got nobody to throw the foot. They got a they got a solid defense. Solid defense. Solid. Good front seven. They got not particularly anybody other than Allen Robinson to throw the football to. They got nobody to run the football, and they got nobody to throw the football. So I I am not on the Bears at all. I think the Bucks are pretty good. I think the Bears have gotten really lucky. They played some bad teams and escaped with some wins. They lose last week to the Colts. They had to score a late. It was a great touchdown, by the way. I don't want to, the, the the fools to Allen Robinson touchdown was was an outstanding play. It was that was beautiful football. It also didn't matter, and it also. You go okay. Well, eighteen to eleven, a low-scoring football game, whatever the, fi- the the final was. I just don't see it here. The Buccaneers are going to win this football game, and I think they're going to win it pretty easily, man. I really do. I think this is a team. The Bucks are pretty banged up. They're banged up. Chris Godwin will be out this game. Leonard Fournette is still out. So those are two starters, two primary offensive weapons. But right. I totally agree. Mike Howard's out. He tore his Achilles. Is 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 Tom Brady on a quarterback? Right, and is he going to get to throw the ball number 13? Yeah. Is, is he going if, to, if Tom Brady's playing against, one thing we haven't even talked about, you think Brady has something for Nick Foles? Good point. I mean, I think he might. Okay, so there you go. That's uh, that's tonight. To your point, Arizona, the Jets, the Cardinals are seven-point favorites. Don't even think about it. Cardinals all day long, even when they haven't looked all that good recently. 
Here's one that I got to figure out with you, Coulter. The uh, okay. Carolina Panthers are at Atlanta. The Falcons are 0-4. The Panthers are 2-2. Two two. The Falcons are favored. Well, they were favored by 3.5 at this line open. As of right now, uh, they are a 1.5 point favorite Atlanta is. I actually kind of like Atlanta in this game, even though everything, every instinct in me says, no, you're an idiot. The Carolina Panthers are better than you think, and the Falcons are awful, and they are bad. But the Falcons are not so bad that they're just like going to go winless. I mean, they're not a true, truly, truly, truly horrific team like the Jets are. Uh, and so I think they're going to win a game, and I think, I, I don't know, I, I just don't know if I'm ready to believe in Carolina like that, that they're going to go in and just, uh, you know, do whatever they want. I mean, Julio Jones being hurt it hinders Atlanta. Atlanta's proved that they can move the ball and they can score points, but they have also proven to be, with the exception of the Cowboys, the worst team at holding a lead in the league. Yeah. But, I, and I think a lot of it comes down to, like, continued trends. I mean, they continue to do this. They continue to blow games. It's a mental thing. It's, it's a, a mental thing. thing. It's a mental thing. Yeah, absolutely. I, right. I just like the steadiness of the Carolina Panthers. And the other thing is... Steady Teddy? I love the steadiness, but the other thing is, as we know... When you have a coach in the league that's brand new, that's running some different stuff, takes it a while takes to, a little while to crack the code. And once yeah. you do crack the code, then that's where you have to become a great coach. You have to evolve. You have to add new folds like Andy Reid has done for so many years or as Sean McVay has done in the yeah, last couple year, years. Yeah. But sometimes, though, then you have Matt Nagy and they crack the code and all of a sudden you suck, just like the Bears. So, uh, <laughs> they are three and one. I don't know. Yeah, they haven't played anybody though, man. True. Okay, over under. Bears gonna. What's the over under for the Bears wins? Even though they already got three, six. Yeah, seven probably. Six and a half. Yeah, six and a half. I'm taking seven. the under. Seven and a half, baby. Where are they going to go in the division? <laughs> one and five. Oh no. no they no, already. No. They already beat the Lions once. Yeah. They'll will they win another division game? Yeah. They will. They won't beat the Vikings. They'll beat the Lions. They they might beat the Lions again if they play. They might or when they play, and they, they might will not. beat the Vikings once. They will not beat the Vikings They'll once, the and Vikings. they will not beat the Packers either time. They okay. will beat the Vikings once. Let's do let's do one more. Actually, no, let's save it. Yeah, we'll save it. We got we're gonna next hour we're gonna get into Monday Night Football, a huge Sunday nighter, which we'll have for you here on ESPN Radio, the Vikings and Seahawks. Uh, speaking of the aforementioned Vikings and uh, and Seattle, and a couple other big games, Denver, New England. I know it's terrible, but I'm just so interested. Not even on the board anymore, and. What would, a, what would an NFL football weekend be if I didn't talk about the Browns? But next, quick break. On the other side, we're going to get into some Frontier football stuff, some news coming out of the Frontier uh, Conference on Wednesday, an approval of an amended football schedule for the 2020-2021 school year. This is big news. Next. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. The return to sports has gotten into the NAIA level now. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Great to be with you on this very fine Thursday afternoon. Hope you're having a wonderful day at Gus Tutel at 1029 ESPN at Skyline Sports MT. Those are your relevant 
Twitter handles. You want to go enjoy yourself on Twitter, you know? Going to get anything but the goods. You're going to get nothing but the bads on Twitter at this day and age. But it doesn't mean it's not entertaining. You know what? Here's what I like about Twitter. Because I don't often say very many good things about social media. Yeah. What you see on Twitter is up to you. And, you know, to some extent. Until all of a sudden all these people that you thought were just providing sports content start tweeting everything, retweeting all the rest of it. But anyways, carry on. Well, all I'm saying is, and look, I mean, on one hand, one of the major ills that we're experiencing is the echo chambers everybody talks about all the time. And I buy that completely, that we just only listen to our own selves. But also, like, you can avoid the ugly and just go for the good. Like, there's, you can have positive, uplifting people across whatever spectrum you're wanting to look at. And you can have negative, soul-sucking people across whatever spectrum you want to look at. So pick the good, you know? Get to uplifters. All right? That's all I'm saying. And then, you know, unfollow the others. Six four two ten. <laughs> Come on now. The That's Frontier funny. Conference is coming back, Coulter, February twenty seventh. They're saying they're gonna start a seven week season, no buys in the Frontier Conference. February twenty seventh. Now Bozeman is certainly a I would say a middle of the road cold portion of the state. Missoula is like, you know, the tropics. You get into the Frontier Conference and some of the high lines that you want to play on February 27th, I wish you the absolute dagnab best because it is going to be cold, buddy. There's no question. The opening weekend is going to be Montana Western at Carroll College. So that's the favorable of the two locations, Helena over Dillon. Both of those are mild weather climates compared to Butte and Haver. Mm. <laughs> and sometimes Billings even, too, because the wind whips in Billings, too. Uh, but then you have College of Idaho. It was hosting Montana State Northern, so that's good. Uh, February 27th in um, Haver might actually result in death. Montana Tech <laughs> visiting Eastern Oregon, and Rocky Mountain College travels to Southern Oregon, so you got a couple out-of-state games as well. But uh, it's just an interesting note because... The visibility isn't the same, but the challenges of playing during that time of year are the same. So now this gives at least the Montana schools in the Big Sky Conference a little bit of a blueprint or a little bit of a proof that it can occur, at least to put the games down on the calendar, I guess. Are you going to find, this is just hypothetical, and I'm not, this whole narrative out there, where the sports reporters are the ones rooting against the sports is just asinine. I can't believe that people are implying that. We're only speaking what we believe to be true. But, but it's my thought that that playing in the spring, especially at the Division One level, is very unfavorable, particularly for the Montana schools, for a variety of reasons that are far beyond the pandemic. I think it's very detrimental to the schools and the communities financially because it, the fact of the matter is way less people are going to want to travel to watch games when it's freezing cold in Montana. There might not even be ability for anybody to watch games. Playing and practicing, preparing to play in February is going to be dangerous. There's a variety of different things. And I think that it's going to rob from the, the top level of competition. But right now, we're seeing some logistical progress being made in terms of the laying out of schedules. If and when we come around, though, to when this stuff is actually about to occur and it gets canceled again, is it going to seem so silly to you that we went ahead and scheduled all this stuff? Or what do you think of just the fact that there is schedules being rolled out while uncertainty of if these events are actually going to occur remains? Well, 
I I think that the schools, the athletic departments, the ADs, even the presidents to some extent of all these schools um, have to prepare as if it is going to happen, even if they have an assumption or a belief that it's that it's not going to or it's unlikely to happen or even that it's 50-50. Heck, even if, it's, even if they have a 75% chance they think it's going to happen. That's true. But so that's, you, that's true because you can't you can't just not prepare for it to happen you, and then just throw a game out there. You have to go the other right. way. Uh, yeah, you're right. That's true. So the so you know where these come from and and this is one thing that I've always found so crazy. Like once upon a time, you know, I heard the argument about uh, uh, why the FBS won't go to a, an actual proper playoff is because well the students you know that's finals you know, time and they need to have that time right there to finish their fall semester and get all their academics in and everything like that. And I sit here and I go, you know, you're either dumb or hypocritical or both (laughs) because, because all the other levels are playing football all the way through. And you're telling me, Oh, well this students, you know, academics is more important because they're at an FBS school as opposed to an FCS school or a division three school or something like that. Like get out of here. It's just, it's just, so all that to say is the freezing cold that's going to be endured by the NAIA schools, you know, in something like this is sort of that same thing where like, well, you can't do it with the cold. Well, they're doing it with the cold, but because no, you know, because they don't have a a light shined on them in the same way that, you know, other schools might elsewhere in the country, then all of a sudden you don't take it for the fact that it's still a 20 year old guy out here running around in four below trying to, you know, get a snap count, right? It's a great point. On Bill Johnson's recent episode of Grizz Greats, uh, 25th anniversary, yes. the silver anniversary of the 1995 National Champions, he told a story that I think maybe people hadn't heard before, that the booster planes on the way back from Huntington, West Virginia, were certainly a raucous party, mm-hmm. but that the player planes were in fact not, mm-hmm. because it was finals week at the University of Montana, and you had guys that were taking finals, and there was no leeway whatsoever. You had to do it. We don't care if you just won the national championship. Accounting 440, that test is due when you get done, when you get back to Missoula. So, to your point of the season running over into finals is just, it's it's just been a cop-out. It's well, and, and again, I, I don't hear that very often be, anymore because, you know, it's not legitimate, uh, but you know, it's it's this. I guess the sort of thing is like, if this thing is going to be, you know, on one hand, there are some certain things that are very obviously different from the FBS to the NAIA. Okay, and we all see what those things are. But if you're talking about what the NCAA wants to talk about and claims it wants to talk about is the well-being of the student athlete, there's no difference there. The value of a student athlete at an NAIA school, a D3 school, a FCS school, or an FBS school is identical. And so the so way the money they can make you. That's my point. That, I mean, that's what I'm saying is that is that they the idea that they're going to be treated differently is just, you know, attention that is a result of of largely money often. Uh, but also also I think just attention. I mean, there there is a level at which even the NCAA is like, oh yeah, well, what are we going to do with the Frontier Conference? We got to think about this, you know, and they're you know focused in on the SEC and the ACC and what they're doing. Well, I mean, different governing body, NAIA yeah. for the Frontier, so that NCAA, NAIA is not, excuse even, me. not even worried. But yeah, about yeah, yeah. It. But 
Uh, I, I, I just do think this will be something that people in Montana can at least have a little bit of something to look forward to. It's to tell new on us, 102.9 ESPN Radio. I'll take a quick break. Take a moment to remember Gene Peterson. Passed away a couple weeks ago at the age of 79. Gene, very uh, seminal figure both in media and in sports and sports media, particularly across the state of Montana. If you've ever listened to a Grizz game on the radio, you probably have Gene to thank. Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan, you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn, also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Kind of float on a little bit. It's to tell new one. It's one two nine ESPN Radio. To curse me, people may not know everything there is to know about Modest Mouse. Even the most famous, probably Modest Mouse track of all time. It's called Float On, which is why I said that. Doesn't make much sense out of context if you're not clear. It's to tell new one. Isaac's from Montana. At Gus Tutel at one zero two nine ESPN at Skyline Sports. MT on YouTube as well. You can check us out there. Happy to be with you there. Uh, Coulter, we wanted to take a moment here and uh, and just uh, remember Gene Peterson. Gene Peterson passed away a couple weeks ago, actually now. It was September 25th, the age of 79. And uh, he most lately in his life was working at, you know, at formerly DeMorris Oldsmobile and 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 kind of running that show. But for years and years, his his career was in media, in sports media, and he was a paramount figure in putting together the Grizzly Sports Network. Uh, when you talk about that and the um, the expansion of radio, particularly, and of sports on the radio and Montana sports on the radio, most specifically, he was a central and perhaps seminal figure in uh, and, and a guy that, uh, particularly in the format that we operate in, uh, deserves a, a, a ton of recognition and remembrance today. He's absolutely a pillar of this community. Always somebody that's very kind and supportive to us, and a guy that was very a, kind, an enormous, enormous Grizz fan, and a huge, a huge supporter, and very involved at the University of Montana. I mean, he he was formerly the president of the Century Club Board of Directors, which is now known as the Grizzly Scholarship Association. President of the Missoula Chamber of Commerce. He was a chair of the St. Patrick's Hospital Advisory Board. He was on the UM President's Council for years the head of the board of directors for the YMCA, president of the Montana Broadcasters Association, 
But like you said, probably the most lasting impact he had, especially on sports in the state of Montana, is he was the guy who pioneered the Grizzly Radio Network. And that allowed Grizz Athletics to be heard in every corner of the state of Montana. And that changed everything. Yeah, It changed the branding of everything. When you can actually truly listen to Bill Schwanke or Mick Holine, or now these days Riley Corcoran, in Glasgow, Montana. It's enormous. It's it's huge. Because now you can reach... There's thousands of people that come to Missoula for games, football season and basketball season. There's also tens of thousands that are engaged with the Grizz that don't. But Gene himself was also very involved in the sporting world. He ran, won the Ray Rossine Award, which is for the Sportsman of the Year in uh, Western Montana. One of the most prestigious sporting awards uh, you can ever win. He's in the Montana Broadcasters Hall of Fame. He, he worked at KGVO. He, he brought KYLT to... Montana. He also worked in television, KCI, KPAX. He has worked with, worked ahead of, and worked under so many people in this community. There's, there's, it's hard to understate how many people he was involved with. Yeah. You're one degree of separation away from knowing somebody that knew Gene Peterson if you didn't know him. And it's probably hard-pressed to find somebody that didn't know him. So, um, Happy Trails, a, a life well-lived, certainly, and a guy that had an enormous impact on this town, but also just the state of Montana as a whole, especially when it comes to Grizz Athletics. No doubt, no doubt, critical, uh, critical figure, and and uh, what we do is was was a trail that was blazed in very direct fashion by him uh, th- over the years, over the decades. So our thoughts with uh, his family, his friends, and uh, and rest in peace. Gene Peterson again passed the age of seventy nine. It's two tell Nuanas, one hundred two nine ESPN Radio. Hour one in the books. Hour two straight ahead. Big second hour for you, so we want to make time for it. We have, uh, first of all, coming up, Tyrell Thomas and Lavelle Price, two cornerbacks out of St. John Bosco Prep in uh, Compton, California. They're both cornerbacks from Montana State. Wait till you hear their story and what it is that they're up to from afar to help out their hometown. I think you're going to really enjoy it. And we'll get into some more NFL stuff, some baseball as well. All that coming up, hour number two, right after this. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 